What's up, what's up? Welcome to Set Apart. I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wallnow, and today is an exciting day. Not only do I get to introduce Michael Miller to you, our special guest, but I get to announce this week's winner of the drawing. I have a drawn the name of Jenny Fitzgerald. Jenny, this is what you wrote. Life-changing. If you want to be inspired to live beyond yourself and challenged into something greater, this is it. Transformational. Jamie Lynn brings truth and wisdom that sticks with you. I will be reminded of little one-liners days or weeks later, still ruminating in my heart, bringing about transformation in me. I love this podcast. Can't wait for more. Girl, I love you. What a powerful written review. Thank you so much. You'll be getting The Way of Holiness, a prophetic art print, and a handwritten encouraging letter from me in the mail by next week. And for those of you who'd like to participate for next week's drawing, just go on to Apple Podcast and leave a written review in your name so I know who you are. And your name and written review may be read next week. Without further ado, it is my honor to introduce you to Michael Miller. Michael Miller is the senior pastor at Upper Room Dallas alongside his wife, Larissa Miller, and they have been so integral in my life and Lance's life. Years ago, they said yes to an invitation to host a small prayer meeting that ended up turning into, after many yeses, this big church in Dallas that you might have heard of called Upper Room Dallas. And if you haven't yet heard of it, well, you're going to hear some great testimonies and stories today as we talk about presence and leadership. It is my joy, it is my honor to interview this man because his character and his gifts match. I've watched him lead. He's been a mentor. He's been a friend. He spoke at our wedding. He's a great father to his kids, an incredible husband to his wife, Larissa, who's one of my friends. And I'm so grateful and honored that he would say yes to coming on this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive right on in here. And I cannot wait for you to hear all the yummy insight that we are diving into. Here we go. Michael Miller on presence and leadership. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Set Apart. I'm so pumped about Michael Miller joining us today. Hey, Michael. What's up? I'm excited. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. So I have to tell you guys, um, Michael Miller and I have a great history together. I started coming to Upper Room in... April of 2011. How old is Upper Room? Upper Room was April 2010, so it's nine years. So we've wow. known each other eight years. That's crazy. It That's is amazing. Crazy. And the thing that I love, if you guys aren't familiar, he is the head pastor of Upper Room Dallas, him and his wife, Larissa. And it is crazy, Michael. I'd love you to share some of this testimony of how their small acts of obedience have led to this massive church where people are coming into a place where the place of prayer is, is where we're coming in to minister to the heart of Jesus and mm-hmm. our lives are being transformed, not by focusing on the things that we want to get rid of or the things that have been hard, but literally things are falling off. Chains are being broken. People are being set free from crazy things in Dallas because we're coming in, we're ministering to the heart of Jesus. And when you know him and you look at him, those things just fall off <laughs> that we're yeah. never meant to be there. Yeah. It's amazing. So Michael, can you, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about people who maybe don't have an idea of what is happening in Dallas? Will you let us know um, what's part of the history and what's going on now? 
Yeah, sure. Well, I love you, Jamie Lynn. I am so excited to be on your podcast. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, you were, you were there back in 2011. It was uh, a small, humble mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, even, even the title of our church, the name of our church, Upper Room, uh, came from uh, the business owner who invited me and my wife to begin praying uh, in what he deemed to be an upper room. It was the back portion of his property. It overlooked downtown Dallas. And it was right smack dab in the center of the homosexual community in Dallas. And he just wanted uh, believers to come down and pray, pray for our city, pray for that neighborhood, pray for his business. And so our church actually began uh, as a prayer meeting. And uh, I, I don't know if I had uh, aspirations for it to become what it has become. Um, I, I, I always tell people I'm not leading this. I'm just following the one who is. I'm mm-hmm. the first follower. And so uh, that, that, that prayer meeting, uh, it was marked by the presence of the Lord. It was marked uh, just, just a real sense of God's uh, presence, his nearness, there was such unity in those early days, and uh, there was a grace to pray, a grace to gather around the presence of the Lord. And the language that we used early on, and we still use to this day, is, is we gathered first and foremost to minister to Him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's been at the core from day one uh, of our community, is that He's been the focus, He's been the ministry and it's like everything else is, has has come forth from that place. So that's a, I mean, that's that's a quick snapshot of of where we were and how we began. That's awesome. I remember when I first came in to Upper Room. So many of you listening, I always record an intro before um, before the recording that we're a part of right now. But one of the crazy things is when I came from grad school, I visited, and it was a seder. It was this, the oh, Seder yeah. that happened. And I was like yeah. sitting at your table with your parents and you and Larissa. <laughs> and my mom could not wait for me to be there. And I just remember thinking, these people are so weird, but I have to come back here. And <laughs> I, why, why did you want to come back? If we were yeah. so weird, what made you come back? Well, I just was like, these people are so weird, but I'm home. Like this is like, not the people are weird. Something's weird. I mean, it was a Seder dinner. That's different in itself. Like if you're not yeah. used to that. And then I remember I was sitting at grad school. It was the day of graduation. My family was there and I was going to stay in Abilene for two more weeks. And and I was, and I was dating somebody at the time and something in my gut said, I don't want to miss upper room tomorrow. So we packed up the rest of my house. I don't know if I've ever told you this. And my dad stayed back with me. We loaded up my forerunner came to Dallas and I hit upper room up the next day and I mean, that's when my whole world changed because I met the Holy Spirit in undergrad, but I was never actually around people who were hungry. And I just had so much to learn. I knew I had all these gifts and I had no idea what to wow. do with them. And what, what did you experience that night that you came? Um, you well, you know, it was one of those um, where there were flags, of course, of course, that's always people's. <laughs> Like rarely there were flags at upper room, but always when somebody came in, <laughs> that was their that was first like, memory. Yeah. It's like, it's the, it's the best way to start when you're like, I don't really get that, but you know, it's like, God is that, but I'm here. And I just saw a hunger 
And I, the worship yeah. was mind blowing because it just caused me to just really connect with the heart of God. And the message was never, it was always about him. And it was never, it was such a humble thing. And even when I was coming to upper room, there were other times when in the morning, cause we were just have evening services. I wanted to go look for a mega church because I wanted to be around more people because upper room was too small in my head. I mean, I had a lot of pride though. <laughs> Like I did. And I just couldn't stop coming to Upper Room. And I yeah. stayed. And I'm glad I yeah. did. No, I, I remember I remember you and your mother coming. Mm -hmm. And you and I you and I come from the same tradition, which is more conservative. Mm -hmm. Uh traditionally more conservative than what an upper room expression would be. But I remember God God marking you. Mm -hmm. I remember you getting getting healed. I remember the Lord uh just really encountering you and your mom and yeah. and it was all it was always in, in those early days uh it 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 was so it was so interesting uh who god was bringing you know i think when we planted uh if if we would have thought about our 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 peer group and friends uh we would have thought a lot of them would have joined us uh in this new work in the church plant but 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 they didn't and wow. and and so God, it was equally important who who wasn't coming as who was, and there were these new friendships, new relationships that were budding, and it was all centered around what God was was doing in our midst, but how He was transforming those He was calling into the work, and and you were such a vital part of the the early season of the upper room and helping lay that foundation but i think to the degree that you were transformed by our culture is to the degree that you would carry it and help build that culture yeah and so we always looked at at, at who god really began moving upon when they entered in because uh, a lot of people i think when they come into community um you know, they, 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 they have a preconceived idea as to what it is um, and, and, and where they fit. But mm -hmm. what I'm learning is, 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 is in humility, if you'll come in low and come in ready to receive, mm -hmm. come in subjecting your heart and your gifts to the existing culture, as you're transformed by it and as you're impacted by it, it actually positions you to be a leader and to lead out. And you did that so beautifully in that season. And God ended up using you just in such a significant way. And then all the things that he's done in your life since that. I mean, wow. you met your hubby. I sure your did. Husband. I, I did. saw that. My boo I saw babe. that. Got a front row seat to that one. Yeah, so you did. <laughs> all you single people come to the upper room in Dallas. And yes, and drink from spouse. the water. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it, it, it was really cool those early, early days. It was. You know what I, what I realized too, what you, were think, what you were saying is when I look back, first of all, growing up and going to school, I never went to school for children's ministry. And when I came in, you said from the front, and to me, what I'm sharing is a reflection of so many people's experience when they came into Upper Room or came into knowing the Lord like this. You said... <laughs> We we're praying for a family and children's pastor. So if you guys are interested or you know of somebody, please let us know. And this is back in the day when Jane and Truman were doing the children's ministry, Yeah, two of our elders. And I used to feel sorry for people when they le would leave to go to children's ministry. And then, but when you said that, I almost raised my hand 
And I was like, uh oh. I was like, well, the family part, yes, but not kids, which kids make up family. Like it was so weird in my head what was happening. But then the Lord showed me, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to help build their children's ministry. And your wife knew four months before I came to y'all because she knew she wasn't supposed to say anything. And building, I think the reason why is God just looks for people who, like for me, pride was stripped from me in many areas by coming low and saying, God, I don't know how to build a children's ministry, which is probably why you're bringing me here when I look at the way upper rooms being built, but I will come to you and build with you. And then being on staff, you just see people who are put in places because they have grace for that season, because they have a yes in their heart. And he's looking for people with the yes. And we're literally building something which we don't know how to do in the natural, but he has a blueprint and he's revealing it. So people's lives are being changed because they're leaning into him and how to do it rather than what they've been shown or what they've been taught by people. Right. That was crazy. It's beautiful. (laughs) I, I, we, we, in those early days, there were so many pressing needs. You mentioned kids Mm -hmm. as an example. And, and I think a lot of times as, as leaders or um, even, even when we're trying to figure out where we fit in and, and what needs to be done, uh, sometimes we, we just end up doing things that the Lord isn't asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just doing it because we think we should do it or we're doing it because we think it needs to be done. And mm-hmm. I think in the early days, wow. what the Lord was teaching us is, hey, I really want you to only do what I'm doing. Yeah. And so we, we the children's ministry is is a prime example because families started showing up and there was really nothing for uh, our kids. We, we didn't have a, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have a vision until there was a need. And so we thought, well, let's 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 start a children's ministry because we have children and there was just absolutely no grace for it. Mm-hmm. And so we pulled back and said, Lord we only want to do what you're doing. And, uh, and if this is what you're doing, then you're going to call someone to lead it out. And that's when my wife heard from the Lord that Jamie Lynn, uh, I, I I'm going to call her to do it. And, and we had to wait for that calling to hit your heart <laughs> because we didn't want to, we didn't want to invite you into something that, that was out of season or timing. And, and the Lord's timing was perfect because what you came and did was, you know, for someone that didn't have a burden, a passion, or a lot of experience with it, you built and laid such a foundation for even now what our kids are doing today, the Samus School program. So thank you, God, for Jamie Lynn and that season, because it's still paying <laughs> massive dividends today. Thank you. It changed my life to see. I mean, for me, I, I see, to me, I almost never wanted, like, I thought it was valuable to be back with the kids just as much anywhere else because God was literally back there with the kids and they were learning to hear the voice of God and they were moving. We saw crazy miracles, children encountering heaven, children giving prophetic words as strong and powerful as adults. Like the thing that's so crazy is when we get around the presence of God, he can do anything. And I want to talk about the presence. Like I want to hear like people are listening. We've said presence a lot and I realize it's a huge upper room lingo, but what what is the presence? Like, what is this thing we keep talking about? No, it's, 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 it's true. Um, that, that is upper room lingo. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think the presence of, of Jesus is, is Jesus that, 
uh, Jesus, the man is seated next to the father. And in John chapter 14, verse 16, uh, when he came uh, into heaven after the crucifixion and the resurrection, he asked the father to send the helper to send the promise. And so when we say the presence, we are talking about the Holy spirit, which is the manifest presence of Jesus on the earth. Mm. And, uh, and so that's what we have chosen to center community uh, around and so when we use the presence, that's just another way of saying Holy Spirit or the manifestation of Jesus's presence in our midst. And we've, we've just been students of that. We've, we've, we've tried to create a community that is first and foremost sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And what yeah. we're learning is that when we create an environment that's first and foremost sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that environment is most sensitive to the needs of those people gathering. Wow. And so the Holy Spirit has the ability to connect, to unite, to impart, to transform what only he can. Yeah. And I think many times as leaders or followers of Jesus, we're, we're attempting to do things for him and, and, and we miss him in the, in, in the pursuit of those things or, or in the pursuit of those ministries. And I think many times he's just looking for us to, to behold him first yeah. and, and then to flow with him. So the presence is, it is Jesus. You know, that is so beautiful. There's two things I, I have, um, two questions I want to ask you about the presence. One is I want you to share testimonies that have happened in the presence of God that, you know, was because the presence was being, uh, was the was the main center focus. And then I want to practically talk about what that looks like for people to engage the presence of God in their daily life, no matter what sphere of influence they're in. Yeah. Yeah. I know we have, we have tons of, 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 of testimonies. Our, our, our rhythm of life, you mentioned coming in and going out earlier, our rhythm mm -hmm. of life uh, as a community is we do prayer morning, noon, and night. And so the, the primary mandate for us is to minister to the Lord. And that takes place through morning prayer, through noontime prayer, and through evening prayer. And so a lot of the testimonies that we have are from the place prayer. And, and again, our priority is ministering to him or hosting him. And so as a team gathers and they begin to, to, to give thanks, praise, and worship and the presence of Jesus comes into the room, uh, we go on a journey together and, uh, and, and it's a journey that the Holy Spirit takes us on. Uh, and one of the most notable in the last three months testimonies that I've seen is, uh, <clears throat> is we saw, we saw a, 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 I think he is, he's Iraqi. Um, his parents, uh, I, I think are, um, they're high level, high level family in the, uh, Iraqi culture, um, yeah, he, he's, he has a prominent position, but just for the podcast, we'll, won't say what it is. But anyways, he came in and uh, he had been to a Sunday service, had a mutual friend uh, that, that brought him. And, um, and he was Muslim. And in the Muslim culture, they pray regularly. And mm -hmm. I believe he thought he was coming to a similar prayer environment, but something, something drove him to come to prayer. Um, it was a noon set. And I was actually in the room just participating in the prayer set. And... Uh, and this, this guy walks in and he sits on the front row. And as the worship team is ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes into the room. Uh, I watched him fall on his knees. 
And I watched him uh, begin to encounter the, the Lord. And, and as he was encountering him, the prayer leader saw the Lord moving, uh, moving uh, on him. And sh she came down and laid her hands on him, began praying for him. And man, he just broke down and uh, she led him to the Lord. And uh, that was, that was about wow. three, four months ago. He's been discipled now <laughs> by a handful of guys in our community, but he got, he got born again in prayer. Wow. He got born again in a prayer meeting. Um, no one, no one told him about Jesus. He just came wow. into an environment where, where, where the Holy spirit was being ministered to. And man, the Holy Spirit brought conviction and and transformed this guy's life. Like I've tangibly seen it. He's a, wow. he's a different guy. So that's a huge um, testimony. A testimony like that. <laughs> but that's huge. That's like he literally just gained eternal life. He just gave his yes. life to the Lord. Like that's changing 100%. his bloodline. That's changing everything for him. <laughs> that's 100%. so cool. 100%. Just stumbling into a prayer <laughs> meeting at the upper room it it, wow. it truly was um it, it just it, it's incredible um and it's same 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 season of time i watched a guy who had uh he had grown up in the church been disconnected from the church his mom had told him about the upper room um he for uh the longest time had said no 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 uh, but he's had he actually had some emotional mental issues was going through some panic attacks and anxiety and, um, and he just got desperate and it, he, he thought, man, I'm just going to go sit in the upper room. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go up there. My mom's been telling me about it. So he came to a random prayer meeting and, um, and, and man, the Holy spirit, uh, uh, met him in that prayer meeting. Some people began to pray for him and, uh, uh, he, he, he received, uh, deliverance in that set and guys have been walking with him now for, for now six months or so but but that prayer set specifically led him into this journey of deliverance from guilt and shame wow. from some some uh sexual abuse and different things but but it was just in in an environment where people were ministering to yeah. the lord the walls in his heart came down he had oh. been in countless church services but man the when when the presence of the lord uh encountered him he, he, jesus was just irresistible to this kid so wow. um, we've just seen him do so much <laughs> in the place of prayer and bringing transformation to hearts um that that, that are in tuned and beholding yeah uh, the lord i want to share some testimonies that i can think of too that i think will encourage people listening in i remember well first of all i got healed of endometriosis in um in a gathering that was huge it changed my life i was in pain every single day and in a moment and it, doctor proof like had a sonogram had a, sorry, like I had something the size of a plum, a cyst the size of a yes. plum, and then got delivered and went back to the doctor and it was gone because they were going to look at surgery or medicine and haven't had an issue since. And then... So no surgery or medicine. No, it was gone. The plum disappeared. Everything's yeah. gone. The pain's gone. Wow. Never come back. Come on. Right? So amazing. And that's, it's huge. It changed the quality of my life. And then yes. I got healed from depression personally, completely. Like I... I see that thing, and if it tries, like, I am a house, and I have a yard, and if that thing's on my street, it leaves. It's not welcome. Like, like yeah. the presence of God, the the just what he's done there, and that was something that I struggled with for years. And you 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 played a huge role in that, um, in a staff meeting. And then I remember kids, like, we, the kids, I remember one time, I sent you this recording, we were just praying for this guy's 
fingernail that sorry this is graphic let me just say he didn't have a nail because it was gone from something that had happened that week and the kids mm. are just surrounding him and we're praying and my eyes are closed and we're just praying and there's so much faith in the room and then there's like these five-year-olds or six-year-olds that are off running they'll like go run around and then they come back and pray and they go run around and come back and pray and I just remember the Lord said open your eyes and I was like okay and he goes these aren't adults praying these are children praying and my spirit and my faith is so strong their faith is so strong in the room watch what I do. And we began to see this guy's fingernail grow back. It was insane. That's crazy. Like a, a, a miracle in front of our eyes. And then mm. another time where this guy had That's just awesome. had surgery on his leg, like ACL surgery. Do you remember this guy golfer? Awesome. Um, he and his wife, one of them was really big in golf and he had ACL surgery and came in with like a crutch and he was volunteering yes, with the kids. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Stacey, so I don't, uh, yeah, 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 yep. yeah. So they were like, we weren't going to come today. I was in so much pain. I was like, okay. So we were like, okay, kids, this guy's in pain. Is he supposed to be in pain? And they're like, no, like what's, what's going to happen? He's going to be healed. So we begin to surround this guy and each kid's gift of prayer starts coming out, like what they're seeing, what they're hearing, what they're feeling. And we start walking him through that. And this guy went from not being able to bend his leg or put any weight on it to walking out the door without any crutches or pain yeah, and being able to no, bend his leg. I totally remember that because we had the upper room and had those stairs outside yes. that you had to walk up to get to the room. And I remember him hobbling up the stairs and crutches uh -huh. and he walked down uh -huh. after he had quote unquote volunteered in the kids ministry. Yeah. It's dangerous to volunteer. <laughs> it's so cool. No, that was John, John and, uh, John and Stacy there. I love um, them. Yeah. From Fort Worth, remarkable people still, still around the upper room. So, Oh, good. Uh, That's awesome. I love that. I, I loved the <laughs> faith, the childlike faith. Yes. That, um, I remember my niece who, uh, they, they didn't come to the upper room regularly, but came enough where they, they, they were, they were moved by what was happening in Samuel school or the children's ministry. And I remember yeah. they were at North park, which is a big mall in Dallas. And someone was, uh, being, uh, taken into an ambulance and she grabbed her mom, um, as the paramedics went by with someone on, a on, a you know, the gurney. Yeah. The gurney. And um, I think they had had heat exhaustion or something, but, but she said, mommy, we have to pray. We have to pray for that person. And so they went over and they put their hand on the ambulance and prayed for it as it was driving off. And wow. uh, my, my sister-in-law was just like, this is the upper room's impact upon <laughs> my five-year-old niece is we've got to lay hands on, on wow. ambulances as they're, as they're, they're leaving. So it, it just was remarkable. The, I love the, it. The impact that you and, others have had upon kids it's awesome well they've impacted my life just that you tell them jesus heals why yeah because he said he does okay yeah. so it's like ticks, yeah. they don't have any pressure they don't have any filters and that's what we're called to be like and that that excites me to grow and become more like the lord and more like a child in that way it's it's amazing yeah, yeah. um so these are awesome testimonies so for people listening in if you're able if you're even still there and haven't passed out in the goodness and kindness of God. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, one of the things I want to ask you is for people tuning in, it's like, okay, so they might be a stay-at-home mom. They might be a doctor, a politician, a, a CEO. 
there's so many, a, a leader of a ministry, whatever it may be, an author, so many things, so many different types of people tuning in. What does it look like to be set apart in the presence of God every day? Yeah. In those locations, just how to, how to set, yeah. set the Lord before us. Yeah. I, I am um, such a good question. I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's something that, that may look different for each and every person, but, but I do know that, that, that the presence being priority is, is the primary thing. Like David said in Psalms 27, four, this one thing that I seek is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. And in, in first Chronicles chapter 13, verse three, it's another really significant text for me. Uh, David stood in front of uh, all of Israel uh, and for the first time anointed as king. And he was going to, he was going to give his political strategy or political agenda uh, for the nation. And, and he made this phrase, this, this one phrase, and it's, it's, it, it, it's marked me now for over a decade. And, and I think this phrase has to mark us no matter our vocation, no matter, uh, no matter our purpose. I, I think this one thing has to, to mark our hearts. And David said this, David said, uh, he said, he said, we're going to seek the ark of God for we didn't seek it in the days of Saul. And I, I feel like God's raising up men and women who are putting the ark of the presence before, um, before all things that it is the distinguishing mark and purpose of our life is to seek uh, the presence of Jesus. So what that, that looks like, I think is cultivating an awareness, cultivating a lifestyle where our affections, our thoughts, our desires, um, are, are submitted and subjected regularly, uh, to him. And a lot yeah. of times that, 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 that may look like just, um, it may look like just us, us giving thanks regularly, just, just tuning our hearts and giving thanks to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, just these simple acts of, of acknowledgement of, of an awareness that, that, that he's near, that he's with us, that he's in us. And I've learned that as I personally cultivate a, a heart of Thanksgiving and gratitude, um, I, I'm, I'm aware of his nearness in those things. So we, we talk a lot about, um, Thanksgiving. We talk a lot about praise and just, uh, keeping, keeping a heart posture before the Lord, um, that, that, that we're aware of his nearness. So, yes. um, I, I, I have four kids, so I, I, I'm up, I was up this morning at, at three changing a diaper. Um, <laughs> and so, um, I, I, I know as a parent, sometimes there's just the, the demands of, of, of little ones. And, and I think life so often happens to us. And, and what I'm learning is just to regularly, continually in even those moments to, to, to subject my emotions, to subject my thoughts uh, to his nearness and to his presence. Yeah. And, uh, and typically peace is what I find. Uh, joy is what I find. Mm-hmm. Um, an assurance uh, of his nearness, uh, a confidence, um, you know, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are, are yeah. various, but, but um, just cultivating that inner world uh, is just so vital. So that's so good. Um, that's really good. I know. I, I think that's something that I, I, that has been established in me because it became such a habit 
being around upper room culture, first of all, I am a house of prayer now. And I catch myself literally saying, thank you, God, out loud, randomly. And my husband laughs. And I'm like, literally, Thanksgiving is the way. And I physically can't help it. Sometimes I'm just like, thank you, God. And I'm like, what triggered that, Father? (laughs) He's like, I'm Mm. here. And Mm. it's just so, it's so cool to me to see, like, um, people who are in tough business situations, like um, people who are in tough family situations, just to thank the Lord just reminds our soul of how good he is in that, that yeah. problem, quote unquote, starts diminishing because we see, we remind ourselves of how good he is. And it, it allows us to remember he's the one that's going to transform that, yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, I think that, that uh, Thanksgiving, I call it the little hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that opens up a big door, but but I do think awesome. cultivating a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving um, daily, regularly. I, I think it's something we graduate from uh, mm-hmm. as adults. Well, I understand Thanksgiving, but but I don't know if we ever graduate out of it. That that it it, <laughs> it really is a lifestyle of continually bringing the Lord an offering of thanks for what He's done and yeah. for who He is. And, and, and for me, that, that the, those two things, thanking him for who he is and thanking him for what he's done, if mm-hmm. I'm regularly doing that throughout my day, I, I, find that, uh, I find that his presence is, his presence, his nearness and awareness of him throughout my day is, is much easier uh, to, to see and, uh, and to know uh, just, just those realities as I do thank him. I think it's Psalms, Psalms 97. It talks about that we come before his presence with Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, um, and so the, the Thanksgiving and the presence go hand in hand. Uh, so I think, I think that Thanksgiving component is just so crucial for us as believers yes. um, to, to thank him for, 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 for the finished work and what he's accomplished on our behalf. Amen. That's good. Yeah. I think too, with, with so many people who are listening in, I know I'm kind of hopping over to this because I, I feel like I do believe with all my heart, you carry the presence and leadership very beautifully. And m- the, a lot of people tuning in are leaders in different capacities. And there's so many things that as a leader that stood out to me as I was on staff at Upper Room. And I feel like the presence of God is what caused um, so much of this, like your natural born leader, first of all, you can recognize that in somebody a mile away, but for you too, it's like, I know that a lot of what came out of you was because of your love for the Lord too. So like the natural born leader partnered with the presence of God is a crazy duo. Mm. And I remember, um, with what we're talking about, even one of the things I came to you and I was like, Michael, I don't know if you remember this. I was like, Michael, I just feel really bad. I just don't think you should pay me <laughs> for this week. And last week, because I was in the prayer room, um, instead of working, I was in the prayer room for like 20 hours this week and 20 hours last week. And I just, I just wanted to tell you, and and I just didn't feel like, you know, it's fair for you to pay me. And you go, Jamie Lynn, you were, you had more, um, your time in the prayer room was more productive and more powerful than what you could have been doing anywhere else. And I was like, really? That was so cool to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that transformed that transformed me, but that's your leadership. And then I remember coming to you and I did this big family gathering with Terry Lindsay. It was like um it we did like a few weeks of family training on 
um, helping parents see how amazing their children are. And I came to you and I was like, I just don't, I don't know why I would do this. Like nobody, nobody's going to listen to a single girl in her twenties. And you were like, Jesus wasn't married. And we looked to him for all things. And I was like, mm. shoot, boo-boo spending time Snap. in the presence. Uh, you're, you're like, I said that. Ooh, that's awesome. Um, no, I, I think we were all being rewired. I, I, yeah. I think that, that our church experience or, um, our, uh, I think we've, we've learned things that we need to unlearn, mm-hmm. uh, specifically when it comes to, to ministry, when it comes to, um, doing things for the Lord. Uh, I, I just don't, I, I think that those things can be overrated and we get really, really busy. I, yeah. I, I think of the Mar- Martha and Mary scenario where the Lord, the Lord told Martha, he said, you're worried and bothered about so many things. Yeah. And I just feel like we get worried and bothered by so many things. For example, you were worried and bothered that you weren't mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yet, and yet the Lord looks at Martha and he says, but one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part yeah. and that shall not be taken away from her. And yeah. I, I just feel like, like, like we need to slow down and, and return back to the good part and, uh, and to really, to really sit and to listen to his word yeah. and, uh, and to just get reacclimated, reacquainted with our first love. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I think you were doing. And I think this is what we're learning to do as a community is just how can we, how can we rightly respond to the love that you've given us by loving you back? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, you know, I think Mike Bickle says lovers work harder than workers. And uh, is that what he says? Something like that. It's a really cool Mike Bickle quote. <laughs> lovers are harder workers than laborers or something like that but i I just it's 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 the is a love love is a great motivating force and factor and that's awesome learning to receive love from him Mm -hmm. just so crucial so that's awesome so my question to you i am watching the time my question to you is what do you think what when you look at leaders what stands out to you what makes a good leader a great question that's a great question (laughs) what makes a good leader well i i i would i would i would i would clarify in that question um because i think i think you're asking what makes a good leader in the kingdom Mm -hmm. I, i think that kingdom leadership is different than than worldly leadership than um than marketplace leadership than church leadership than like we we have all these categories for leadership Mm -hmm. and i feel what the church has done or what 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 leaders have done in the kingdom is we've adopted a lot of principles that that are are they they're needed and we have these these principles that will attract people impact people they're proven principles and so you can read a John Maxwell book, an Andy Stanley book. You can read Craig Groeschel's stuff. And all of it is amazing. Like, I love, I love the revelation that's coming forth about leadership and the principles surrounding that. But, but, but I would say what, what, what I see 
that 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 is most important but beyond principles beyond beyond leadership trainings and teachings is that in the kingdom to be a leader you first and foremost have to be a follower and you have to be a, a follower of of the king and of the leader Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I tell our community all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm not the leader. I'm the first follower. Wow. And, and my, my ability to follow him is actually what positions me to be a leader. Um, I, I don't, uh, we're, we're our community. It's, it's incredible what God's doing in Dallas. And I tell our community all the time, Hey, this isn't, this isn't phase three of 10. <laughs> like I, as the leader, I'm not, I'm not rolling out these phases based on, <laughs> my my big vision my big plan my big strategy and yet as leaders i think a lot of times we think well we have to have the strategy we have to have the plan we have to have these goals and we need to be driven by these principles in order to meet these marks and yet at some point we've been led by principles and led by strategies and we've left jesus on the sidelines and and the goal is to be a follower of Jesus. It's, it's not to lead. It's not to influence people. Um, influence is overrated. Like I see guys in the name, the Lord told me this. He said, many leaders today that are leading for me, uh, they're influential for me, but they're not intimate with me. Yeah. And, and man, I just, I just feel like you can, you can do all the right things you can, and you can get a podcast, you can get a website, you can get a 501, you can do <laughs> a lot of things that begin to generate momentum and influence. And yet, and yet, and yet, uh, you know, did the Lord author that? And, yeah. and are we actually following him first and foremost? Yeah. Because um, I, I just, I, at the end of the day, I want to be faithful yeah. to to his voice. I want to be faithful to, to where he's leading me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to stand in before him and give an account for that, yeah. that, that leadership, which is based on me knowing his voice and, and connecting others to that voice. Yeah. So that's a long answer. That's a I good hope answer. it makes sense, it but does. I just, I just feel like, like kingdom leadership is different. Yeah. Because it first and foremost involves following the king. Yeah. That's not cool. not leading for the king, but yes. following the king, which positions us to ultimately be a leader for him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's what Jesus was telling Peter in John 20. Uh, John 21, I think it is. He said, he said, you know, when you were young, you can go wherever you wanted to. But when you get older, I'm going to lead you where you would not choose. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to take you into places that you would not go. Yeah. And and there's a I mean, there's a it's yes. Following the Lord is not always easy. It's not always what we would choose to do. But yeah. in order to be a leader, I think we first and foremost have to be a follower. And that's why cultivating that relationship with the presence of Jesus yeah. sitting at his feet, learning to receive from him actually positions us then to lead for him. And you know, something that's so powerful. I, I mean, I love what you're saying. I 1000, whatever number doesn't exist, agree with you. Like that was awesome. And I think millennials are so hungry for the truth. They want leaders who not only are gifted, but whose character match the gift, whose heart is surrendered who's authentic and real. And it's really disheartening to see because there are many people who 
who do all these things for God or in the name of God or whatever, but there's so much more attached to it. And, and clearly I don't think these people do it on purpose or aware. Um, but I think there's something about doing it with God, like in out of mm-hmm. obedience to him, like something that is so important to me and my husband is that we wait on the Lord. And when he says to do something, we'll do it because you don't want to be in the line of fire unless he's given you the full armor to take it on and you're with him. Yes. You know, like yes. there's some dangerous places as simple as they may sound um, to go without God. And I do want to get to heaven and hear. I don't want to hear. God, I don't want to be like, God, look, I have this TV show and this podcast for you. And he's like, you didn't do it with me. I didn't get to yeah. do any of that with you. That that grieves yeah. my heart to think, but there's that adventure of going where you wouldn't have chosen to go, doing what you wouldn't have chosen to do with God. And you do that so beautifully and you launch people into that place with God because you are following him. It's really like you become like the people you're around. You become like the thing you behold. And I cannot thank you enough. I know we could keep going, but I can't thank you enough for the humility you have. There's a million other things you could have done in this world with the gifts that you've been given a million other things, but you Mm -hmm. chose this and it started out so small and so humble and so beautiful. I know y'all had no idea that it would become this, but I mean, I've chills right now. I know I tell you this, I should tell you this more, but I mean, you've changed my life and my husband's life. Mm -hmm. And I'm so honored to, to know you. And I'm so honored, um, to, to be a carrier of the house of prayer everywhere I go. And that's because of your yes. <laughs> wow. And I'm really that's grateful. Humbling. Yeah. Well, I, I, I could say the same about you and your impact upon me and, and low and, um, but, but it is, it is this commonality that's based on, on, on the same pursuit. Yeah. And I think there's a generation that's, that's, that's emerging mm-hmm. that, that that's not, they won't settle. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people are asking questions about what do we do with the millennials? What do we do with the millennials? They're all <laughs> leaving the church. And then, uh, I just read an article by George Otis that talked about the generation, I think it's generation Z, which is the next generation behind the millennials, but it's the first post Christian generation. And I want to say like one in five, uh, they're predicting will, will be, be, uh, believers. Yeah. And so there's just these, these, these ominous statistics that, that are stating, man, the, the hope of the church and the future of the church just looks so bleak. And, and yet where we're at because of this pursuit mm-hmm. and, and this common hunger and, and seeking truly the, the presence of the Lord, we are seeing millennials in droves yeah. get born again <laughs> And come alive, yes. man, in the place of yeah. of 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 the the presence and in pursuit of Him. And so I, I just, yeah, I'm so so moved uh, by your life and and Lance's life, and Thank and I you. hope others on this podcast are stirred. That that it's Second Corinthians eleven three. It talks about uh, returning to the simplicity and purity of devoting ourselves to the Lord. And just if things have gotten complicated, confusing, if things have gotten heavy, if, if like you're wondering what your purpose is, what's my destiny and all these things, I just, I just want to call us all back to the simplicity and purity of devoting ourselves to the Lord and making space for him time, making space uh, to give thanks 
to pray is that we individually are those houses of prayer yeah. that 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 are called to commune and connect with yeah. the living God. We are his temples. And so the presence, the presence is our priority. And I want to give people the freedom just to to put all their chips into this one pursuit that I am going to be uh, a man or a woman that's that's truly after God's own heart by seeking this one thing. Yeah. And uh, I think what, what our community is doing, it's giving people the freedom to really set that before themselves and their communities and not settle for anything less. So you've changed my life. You've marked my life. And I, I, I hope that, that, that we're going to mark a generation yeah. with this pursuit, as it says in you know, Psalms 24, it says that, uh, that there's a generation that will seek the face of God that will stand in the holy place with clean yeah. hands and pure hearts. And I, I just believe that generation's emerging and uh, we're going to see a move of God in our hour that's, that's, that's unprecedented. The earth has never seen a yeah. move, I believe, as, as what's currently percolating and bubbling. I, I think agree. people look and they see what's happening on CNN and Fox mm-hmm. and what's going on in our nation and what's changing and all these all these birthing pains, I think, are are signs that Jesus's return is soon. It's imminent, yeah. and there's a bride that's hungering, saying, "We we are hungry for your return, yeah. and and we love you, and we're ready." Yeah. And so I just that's 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 what's the, what's united us and connected us, Jamie. And yeah. Glenn, and I'm just I'm stoked about what God's doing. Me too. And I'm thank you. I, I'm excited about the future upper rooms to come and all the people who don't even know about don't even know about it yet that'll be connected around the presence of God and get to advance the kingdom of heaven together <laughs> with God. And I, I have so much hope for the generation coming up. I think that's fake news, that statistic. <laughs> the one in five. Uh-oh. I'm like, come on. It's a good statistic to be aware of, but I think that when people, when we can have the courage to step forward, set apart, I think that generation is going to long for Jesus because, I mean, he's going to be so involved and interwoven in every sphere of Come influence on. because of the millennials and because of those who have gone before us that I just believe, yeah. I believe, like I feel fire in my gut. I'm like, we have the ability just by beholding him, not even trying, not having to do anything, but behold him, that that will be a magnet to this upcoming generation. I'm pumped. Yeah, I think. I think these matrix, I, I love that you said you're believing that these statistics are off. And I, I think the matrix are off because I, I, I believe that this generation is, they're not settling for, for what was. They're not settling for their parents' religion. They're mm-hmm. not settling for a form of godliness that has no power, but they're truly seeking what's authentic, yeah. what's true, what's transformational. Yeah. And, and so I do believe that, that, that these matrix are are shifting and that the presence of the Lord is doing something yeah. fresh. Yeah. He's doing something new. Yeah. He's awakening a hunger. And I, I feel like you and I have, have just gotten a foretaste of that. Yes. But I don't think we've seen anything yet. Amen. So I, I just totally agree that man, the best days are right around the corner <laughs> for, for, for uh, the people of God, yeah. for, just he has some significant things that he's about to usher into the earth and we get to be a part of it it's so, so cool i am i am stoked me too i'm so excited me too thank you so much michael how can people hear more about upper room how can they get connected to what's happening there 
Um, well, they just need to keep listening to your podcast every week. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they just need to tune in. And, um, and that's a, a, a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other way is they can go to um, our website, uroom.org. That's a global, uh, a, a global site. We're going to p- plant a number of churches. And so that's kind of the umbrella for it. Uh, I'm the senior pastor of Upper Room Dallas. And so you can Google that and, and find us online. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, which, which is, is awesome. amazing. Yeah, there's a ton of worship yes. uh, videos on there and just moments from our culture. And then I also, I'd love to share, uh, there's, a, there's another project that we've been working on called Amos Project. Yes. And uh, it's amosproject.com. And we are raising funds. Yes. We are establishing a partnership program uh, where people uh, can help sow into a Levitical uh, movement. We want to raise up thousands yes. of Levites. Levites are just people that minister to the Lord uh, through song, through prayer. And, uh, and so we feel like it's a full-time vocation yes. uh, for a number of people. And so we are uh, using the Amos Project to reestablish David's tent in our hour. So I think it's amosproject.com. You can get more information. Yes. We'd love it if you would partner with us on that. We're asking for 30 bucks a month. So there's more information oh, come on. on that website. That's but... a couple of yeah, 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 coffee yeah, yeah. drinks. And my, totally. husband and, I, my husband and I sew into the Amos Project. We totally believe in it. So if you're listening in and you want more info, please go check it out. Because Whoa. we have got to have – these are the people who are going to transform – the culture that you're a part of by ministering to the heart of God yes. all day. Cause that's what they're created to do. And we have the ability and funds to go in and help support them do it. So you're yes, sowing good. Yes, yes. You're sowing into good ground if you do that. So thank you so much, Michael. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. And I can't wait to see you in low soon. Jamie Lynn. I love you. <laughs> Give Lance my love. I and, will. Uh, thank you. Podcasters. I pray that you're encouraged yes. and that the presence of the Lord would even fall upon you right now yes. that you would be aware of his nearness. Man, I just feel in my heart, Jamie Lynn, uh, the Bible says that he draws near to the brokenhearted. And I feel yeah. like there's some, that, mm. there's just areas in their heart uh, that have been broken through life relationships. Yeah. And I just see the Lord saying, I am near to the brokenhearted yeah. and I bind up the broken hearts. And so just anyone that's wow. facing brokenheartedness right now, through life, where there's been uh, setbacks, where there's been breakups. I just declare that the presence of Jesus is your source. And I just see him binding up that which is broken, that he makes your heart whole and new. And so in the name of Jesus, I declare his peace and his love, that Mm -hmm. it would saturate your heart right now in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Michael. I hope you guys, I I have chills everywhere because I just feel the presence of God on that. If that was you, I... I'm so happy that you tuned in and that you got to hear that blessing and it's for you and it's true and he's good and he's right there with you. And if you need any encouragement, please message me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Walnow and I will pray for you. I will be there for you. I believe in you. Thank you for tuning in and you can tune in next Wednesday as I release another podcast. And if you would like to, please rate and write a review to help get the news out so that other believers can come in and we can have a big set apart family that are running together in every sphere of influence. Love you guys. See you later. Bye. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>